This podcast is a production of Phoenix Media. Explore more episodes of this show and other great shows on the Phoenix Media Podcast Network by visiting phoenixmedia.us. The views expressed do not necessarily represent those of the company or its advertisers and may contain language that's unsuitable for younger listeners. Laugh it up, fuzzball. I'm about to do to you what Limp Bizkit did to music in the late 90s. Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Here goes the last DJ. Wash my hands of this weirdness. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another brand new episode of the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. It is Wednesday, February 3rd. We are your daily dose of laughs and levity in a crazy, crazy world. Joined by my co-host, Tony Sanfilippo. Tony, how you doing this morning? Good morning, Chris. Um, doing pretty good. It's, uh, what is today, Wednesday? It's the, the middle of the day. week, yep. Or the middle of the week, yeah, hump day. Um, yeah, just tired as usual. Uh, found out I had some uh, midnight shifts, so if I look extra exhausted this morning, eh, sorry. There's good reason. I'll do my best. <laughs> I'll wake up as the show goes, but here we go, another morning. Right on. Well, speaking of work, let's go ahead and Start off the show the way we do each and every day with a question for my co-host, Tony, lifelong Costco employee, manager. What is the most ridiculous thing that a member has gotten upset over? Oh, that's a great question. Um, Lately, it's 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 been the mask thing, not having to wear the mask. That's ridiculous. Um, But. there is uh, a guy we work with, and uh, <clears throat> he wears makeup and does a great job with it. It's it's fantastic makeup, and um, you know, and, and he's gay, and that's cool. It just this lady she complained because he he wears too much makeup, and she thinks it was ridiculous that she had to explain to her kid that a guy wears makeup, and. She called and literally complained, and it's like, he doesn't need to be working at your store. He, she's like, he's a guy. He doesn't need to be wearing makeup. So that's probably the most ridiculous because I was offended and pissed that, you know, she got so mad because one of our guys, you know, he chooses to wear makeup, and that's his lifestyle. Who cares? Right. He does a fantastic job with it. It's not like it's this gaudy, like, hairband makeup and stuff. Like, the guy does up his face really well. I mean... You know, to each his own, and it's just, you know, and he's a super hard worker, super nice guy, and and that's probably the most ridiculous uh, call I've ever taken, actually. And, it's, you know, if she doesn't like it, she doesn't have to shop yeah. there. It doesn't mean that he well, doesn't need to work there. And that was the there. thing. She she told me, I'm going to cancel my membership. <clears throat> I'm like, okay, you know, we'll, we'll take care of you, whatever you need. Well, it's you funny know? you say that. So a Northampton Tesco customer, Tesco's sort of like the Tesco. British Costco almost. A British Costco. 
Right there, sorry. <laughs> is so angry with the supermarket rearranging its shelves during the coronavirus lockdown that they have vowed never to shop there again. The shopper found several items not in their usual places three weeks running during the weekly visit to the Weston Favel supermarket. They were left unsatisfied with the response from staff when she complained about having to backtrack and walk around unnecessarily looking for products. Tesco said the rearrangements relate to an essential refurbishment, which was originally planned to start in March 2020, but is due to be completed by the end of the month. The customer, who wished to remain anonymous, said, This practice of reorganizing shelves is highly annoying in peacetime, but is really sensible and safe. Oh, but is it really sensible and safe to do during a highly contagious killer pandemic? We, along with the majority of other people, are adhering to the rules. We don't want to catch this awful virus, or worse still, be in any way responsible for the suffering or death of others. I've tried to get satisfactory response from Tesco, but to no avail. I will never shop there again. The customer said they were relieved they visited at 6 a.m. to avoid other shoppers. But had they gone later in the day, the store would have been much busier. Really? Much later in the day than 6 o'clock? Much busier? That's crazy. Making walking around, well, more stressful. I, I felt very strongly that the midst of this awful pandemic is not the time to reorganize the shelves. The staff didn't know where items had been moved either and expressed frustration and an agreement with me that this was adding to the stress and time customers needed to be in the store, hardly making the vital shop easy or safe. This sounds like a Karen that just needed something to complain about. God forbid oh. sh shelves are, are moved or rearranged or uh, you know done up in a way that makes it easier for folks. But uh, if it's not just the way she's used to, move yeah, out of the and, way. And that's how, that's how we are. You know, We're always forever changing things. Things are always moving in spots. Like we have Ziplocs on the fence. There's a Ziploc focus. Um, People walk right by it. I mean, they literally walk in the door, walk right by it, go all the way to the back, and like, where's your Ziploc? Well, <laughs> you passed it about 10 minutes to go back that way. But, yeah, that's the thing. You know, people threaten all the time, I'll never come back. Most of the time I see the same people that say they'll never come back. I see them like a week later. Exactly. So. And it's an empty threat that gets you nowhere. So, you know, no. folks. And it, I found, too, you know, anytime if you're out there in retail and you're dealing with that, just kill them with kindness. Just makes them more mad if you're nice and you smile. Well, it's not like they can see your smile anymore. But, <laughs> you know, that's always been my, my power is just smile and say, oh, okay, I'll take care of it. Um, and you just be super nice because they're just looking to, A, just bitch about something, and two, they want to see if they can rile you up because then it makes it worse. It's like they got nothing better to do. Exactly. It's not like they're getting something for free. And obviously, if you're on the customer side of things, be nice. Be kind. You're going to get a lot further being kind to an employee than you are going to be complaining or even rude to an employee. So there you go. The way it goes. Truth. <laughs> well, folks, it is Wednesday. We have a wonderful show lined up for you today. Let's talk about today's show, shall we? Hump Day! Yeah! It is Wednesday. It is Hump Day. And as we do on Wednesdays, we have Words Are Hard. We have a segment called Black History Facts because, well, it's Black History Month. Our call-in topic today is unnecessary movie sequels, basically bad sequels to good movies. We have more blockbuster secrets. We loved that last time we did it. We round out the day with This Day in History, and Tony is up next with the entertainment news. Folks, do not go anywhere. We will be right back.
Get everything you need for the Christian Phoenix Radio Show over at phoenixmedia.us or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash phoenixmediaradio. Now back to the show. And we are back, folks. This is the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. It is Wednesday, February 3rd. Now we have a little thing called the Phoenix Line. It is our 24-hour-a-day, seven-day-a-week voicemail line, giving you guys, listeners and watchers, an opportunity to chime in on anything whatsoever. Maybe uh, you complained about uh, reorganizing shelves at your favorite supermarket. We want to know about it. Give us a call. How dare you? <laughs> at 855 Phoenix Radio. That's 855 F E N I X R D O or 855 336 4973. All we ask is that you keep it entertaining. We'll compile those together, put them out in a future show. Now, it is the second segment of this show, and that means Tony is here with the entertainment news. Good morning, everybody. It is Wednesday, February 3rd, and here is your Filippo Fest. Marilyn Manson loses TV roles in American Gods and Creep Show after abuse allegations. Zachary Levi to star in Sony's live action Harold and the Purple Crayon. Remember that old book? Nope. No, you don't remember Harold nope. who had the crayon and he just drew his world? He was just a little. Nope. Kid, no. All right. Well, he's Zachary Levi is going to be in it. I know you know him. Oh, yeah. Amazon has announced that CEO and founder Jeff Bezos will resign from his position during third quarter 2021. He will transition to the executive chair of Amazon's board. Amazon Web Services CEO Andy Jassy will replace Bezos, who founded Amazon in 1994. It's crazy. It was founded all the way back then as a little book company thing, huh? And now it's huge. It's huge. I think it, he's the most well. He's the wealthiest person in the world. Yes. Yep. So yeah, Tina Fey and Amy Poehler will return to host the Bio Bio Coastal Golden Globe Awards, which will air February twenty eighth, which should have been the day of the Academy Awards. Those got pushed to April, but it will air. Um, Tina Fey will be in New York. Amy Poehler will be in Hollywood, and that'll air five p.m. on NBC. And from what I gather. Everything's pretty much all Netflix or uh, straight on-demand <laughs> movies, so should be interesting. And lastly, Mariah Carey sued for $1.25 million by her sister for emotional distress caused by her memoir. Oh, oh so sad there, Mrs. Carey. <laughs> Boo-hoo. Boo-hoo, okay. But what's not boo-hoo is yesterday I started off with a video game story. Well, let's do it again today. All right. EA Sports College Football is returning for the first time since 2013, and fans rejoice. Uh, so a small tease on uh, EA's Twitter. It says, college football is coming back. EA revealed that it will be partnering with CLC, the nation's leading collegiate trademark licensing company, to become the exclusive developer of simulation college football game experiences. Uh, the EA Sports College Football franchise garnered tens of millions of sales during its run from 2005 to 2014 and was a top five sports title in North America. EA Sports College Football will include the rights to more than 100 institutions featuring logos, stadiums, uniforms, game day traditions, and more that fans have come to know and love. EA does note that while the college game will not include student-athlete names, images, and likenesses, EA Sports is continuing to watch those developments closely. No further information was given on the reboot of the franchise, 
but EA encourages fans to follow EA Sports College on Twitter for more updates. Um, this is huge uh, because uh, obviously college uh, students want to get paid, and this was good for college institutions because they'd get paid uh, while the students did not. So it's kind of a backdoor around it where the colleges will definitely be seeing it if they license their logos and things. But uh, I'm not, I don't know if it's uh, – I think it – if they could strike a deal with the college students, that wouldn't be so bad because then at least they're getting a little something. Exactly. You know, I think I think they did it right with the last Madden one where they included college uh, teams into the game there. Uh, that's the way they should do it while they're still trying to figure out uh, the likenesses and, and names and things for the NCAA players. Because you're right, they don't get paid for it. They can't use their names. They can't use their likenesses. Uh, so, you know, figure out a way that uh, you can pay them. Maybe put it in a account that they can't touch until five years down the road. The bigger the name, the more they get paid. Uh, but every get buddy gets paid a little bit if they're featured in the game. I think that's what's fair for everybody. And that way, if you want a true NCAA football game, you're getting the full experience with all of the names and likenesses of your favorite players as opposed to just generic players. Yeah. The generic stuff's always crazy. It's like playing Tech Mobile um, with the, uh, when they lost the licenses and it was just generic names. Right. And I think uh, Bo Jackson was the only one that they could use because he was directly yeah. licensed with them. Yeah. Ron Bellway. Right. <laughs> quarterback of the uh, Denver football team. Because that was the thing. They didn't have the rights to do like Broncos and all that. Uh, I think in the re-release that they did, I think it was all just Denver, San Fran. You just knew the team. right? The Denver yeah. Mustangs. Yeah, Denver Mustangs. The Colorado Mustangs featuring Ron Bellway. He's the quarterback. Legendary. Uh, <clears throat> but speaking of legendary, Marvel um, has... Uh, they dropped the trailer yesterday called Behind the Mask and... Um, Spider-Man, the Hulk, Black Panther, Scarlet Witch, Captain America, Thor, Doctor Strange. Over the decades, the folks at Marvel Comics have created countless members of heroes who have caught the attention and sparked the imaginations of millions. And Marvel Entertainment has released a trailer for Marvel's Behind the Mask, a special documentary that will explore the power of the identity behind the world's most iconic heroes. Behind the Mask will debut on Disney Plus next week and will feature guests from across Marvel's 80-year legacy, including the writers and artists behind the rise of characters like Black Panther, Miles Morales, Miss Marvel, Luke Cage, The X-Men, Captain Marvel, and many other characters in the Marvel Universe, highlighting Marvel's impact on pop culture and media. Uh, the official synopsis uh, for Behind the Mask is... From the very inception of comic books, secret identities have been an integral part of both superheroes and villains leading normal lives. But it's in its characters beneath that resonate with us across generations of fans. Since the advent of the Marvel Age of Comics in the early 1960s, Marvel writers, artists have used the notion of identities to examine the evolving concept of equal rights. These legendary Marvel creations and stories have not only reflected the world outside our window, they have become a reflection of our own identities, who we truly are. It will launch on Disney Plus. 
February 12th. Um, have you gotten a chance to watch the trailer? No, I didn't even know about it until you mentioned it. So uh, I'm going to oh. check out the Woo. trailer. I love you know these docu-series. They had one all about Stan Lee, but it sounds like this one's going to be more focused on some of the later characters, like you mentioned, Miss Marvel, Luke Cage, Captain Marvel, um, You know, ones that maybe Stan Lee wasn't directly involved with creating, but some of the outlying characters that we're starting to see in the MCU now. Yeah, it's good. It did show X-Men, so, you know, they're starting to unroll that kind of stuff out, which is nice. Yes. Um, but, yeah, I watched the trailer this morning. Uh, looks looks entertaining. Definitely a documentary. If this was pop culture kaboom, I'd give it a good. I would definitely watch it. So. <laughs> Very cool. Um, the Real Ghostbusters is coming back. Uh, the hit animated series that ran from 1986 until 1991. It will be coming to YouTube beginning with a free premiere and teasing more for fans who subscribe to the Ghostbusters YouTube account. Set in the world of the original Ghostbusters, the real Ghostbusters spawn toys, comic books, and other spin-offs, including a new generation of merch in the last few years. The show, which ran for seven seasons, was called The Real Ghostbusters because it competed with another animated series called The Ghostbusters, <laughs> based on a 1975 film for Filmation. The producers of which had struck a deal with Columbia Pictures to allow the 1984 movie to use the same name. The real Ghostbusters is likely showing back up again because the upcoming release of Ghostbusters Afterlife, a film that ties directly back to the first two Ghostbuster movies and ignores the 2016 Answer the Call reboot. The movie has been delayed as a result of the pandemic, which was originally set for release last summer. It's currently scheduled to hit uh, theaters... Um, well, it was originally going to hit June 11th. Now we know it's November right. 11th of this year. Um, you can see the tweet uh, announcing real Ghostbusters below. Okay, I am now Ron Burgundy. But basically, <laughs> this is pretty cool. I don't, I can't recall too many of the real Ghostbusters. I remember the the intro to it, and I remember Slimer was a big part of it. Oh, the track like this. Well, it was his verse. It was Slatter's verse, though. Um, that's, that's all I really remember of it. I remember having the toys. Do you remember much about the cartoon? Not much about the cartoon. I was actually surprised to learn it ran for five seasons. But um, the toy line was amazing. So many fun toys and things that, uh, you know, would transform. And, and, you know, you'd have normal-looking people that turned into, like, crazy-looking monsters and ghosts. And, of course, you know, all the proton packs and ghost traps. Fun, fun toy line. Yeah, and if you guys are interested in that, they have re-released the toy line, the same exact ones from when you and I were kids. You can go to Walmart or Target, and they are there on the shelf right now. Interesting. It was a little weird to see. Yeah, seeing that Masters of the Universe on the shelf um, in its old form, it's definitely, it's it's weird because those are when we were little, little kids, and now, you know, we're... We're really, really older kids, and uh, it's just weird to see. Um, <laughs> but I digress. Today's, right before we go into the birthdays, today's Super Bowl history, since it is Super Week. Um, today's fun fact, when the Green Bay Packers won their very first Super Bowl, each player received a bonus of $15,000. Kansas City players only received $7,500, which might not seem like a lot, but back then... Sure, that was a pretty chunk of change for them. Yeah, nice payday for them. Yeah, and if you didn't know, the Packers won the very first Super Bowl. Exactly. Which, if you're if you know sports and stuff, you already know. But that's it. Here is your birthdays for February third. It's my birthday. 
follow this actress who started Confessions of a Shopaholic, and now you can see me. She also played Gloria Cleary in Wedding Crashers. You'll never find me. And Isla Fisher is 44. She looks a lot younger than that. Yeah. He became known for playing the title characters in both the 1988 film Willow and in I'm the Leprechaun franchise. He also portrayed an Ewok Wicket in Star Wars Return of the Jedi, uh, Professor Phyllis Fitwick and Griphook in Harry Potter, and played Nickabrick in the Chronicles of Narnia, Prince Caspian. Mr. Warwick Davis, he's 50. He's a young 50. Star of the hit musical The Producers of Guys and Dolls, as well as comedies like The Birdcage with Robin Williams. He voiced the character Timon in the 1994 Disney film The Lion King. Nathan Lane is 64. And that is your birthdays and your entertainment news for February 3rd. And folks, that does do it for the entertainment news. When we come back, it is Wednesday. We've got Words Are Hard. Words Are Hard. You won't want to miss it. Come back after these messages. After these messages. We'll be right back. Get everything you need for the Christian Phoenix Radio Show over at phoenixmedia.us or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash phoenixmediaradio. Now back to the show. Now back to the show indeed. This is the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. It is Wednesday, February 3rd. Now we are all over social media with many of you watching us as we speak on Facebook Live or YouTube Live. Now, if you want to get a hold of us, you can reach me at facebook.com forward slash Christian Phoenix Radio. That's Christian with a K, Phoenix with an F, radio, of course, with an R, or on Instagram and Twitter at Phoenix Media Radio. Tony is available at facebook.com forward slash Tony.sanfilippo. That's S-A-N-F-I-L-I-P-P-O dot nine four, or on Instagram at Tony.sanfilippo81. Now, on Wednesdays, we like to explore the English language and some of the intricacies of it and really kind of what makes it weird, which is why we've titled this segment, Words Are Hard. Now, when you're translating something from another language into English, sometimes something gets lost in there or doesn't quite fit. uh, And it gets even worse if you put it on any official uh, print, you know, whether it's a sign or marketing or whatever it may be. But it makes for great, great fun when you're going through a segment like this. Words are hard. For instance, Tony, there is a sign that says, uh, Naya is a no wang wang zone. Please fall in line to avoid embarrassment. <laughs> so just keep uh, in mind. Yeah, yeah. You better watch out to wang wang because... <laughs> yeah. yeah, baby. You just <laughs> never know when the wang wang is going to get out there and play. <laughs> and this is a sign from the Republic of the Philippines. So it's your people who are uh, mandating a no wang wang zone. That is awesome. <laughs> no wang wang zone for you. Let's move on with words are hard. <laughs> Signs that are a little lost in translation. For instance, uh, you know, you go to the airport and they've got those bomb sniffing dogs and they're wearing a, you know, a, a little vest around. And usually it says, uh, um, you know, uh, ATF dog or a firearms dog or whatever. Well, in this case, it's an explosive dog. 
I think there's a little something lost in translation unless, uh, I do too. you know, he, he eats whole chocolate bars and, you know, you got to deal with the uh, explosion afterwards. Yeah, you, you got to watch out for the, for, for definitely the, uh, you just, that dog, you better watch out. <laughs> Let's move on with, uh, words are hard. Things that were, uh, Printed and somewhat lost in translation. Now, Tony, do you have any tattoos with Chinese characters on them? I do not, no. Probably a good thing. You know, there's always that running joke that, uh, you know, you get a Chinese character, you think it means one thing, it could mean something else. Well, this guy got a tattoo in Russian, tried uh, translating his last name into Russian. But uh, when you look it up on a Google Translate, it says... Well, no translation. So <laughs> didn't quite get it right because even Google Translate had no idea what it was trying to say. I told me Randy Savage is not happy with your decision, yeah. <laughs> Moving on with words are hard, signs that are lost in translation. <laughs> Here is a, I assume a Chinese soup or uh, some sort of food item. Of course, it has all the Chinese characters and of course the English translation right below it says explodes in the large intestine i don't know if i'd want to be eating that yeah no i would probably be skipping that um don't want anything that's going to cause uh the the burn in the stomach you know i was i was gonna say they should have had that sign on the uh, taquitos you had from uh, 7-eleven oh yeah oh those free taquitos yes oh yeah definitely big time warning there explodes in the large intestine for sure Moving on with words are hard. Here's a sign again. Russian is a difficult language, especially when it comes to translations. It looks like this is on a menu. Of course, it has the Russian print. And then right below it says sausage in the father-in-law. Ooh, I don't Ooh, know. Uh, yeah. If, if I was Daddy's... a father-in-law, I don't want to uh, be visiting that restaurant. No, definitely not. Oh, you want the sausage in there? Um, that's a very happy feel. Ah, <laughs> oh, this sign. Uh, this looks to be Korean. Of course, it has the characters right below it. You know, probably just good advice for anything at any point during the day. It says, "Don't forget to carry your thing." Just don't forget. Yeah, carry your thing. Your thing. Yeah, you know, your thing. Doesn't matter what your thing is. Just don't forget to carry it. Just the thing. <laughs> All right, moving on with words are hard, signs that are lost in translation. <laughs> this one uh, obviously wasn't translated from anything. Just somebody found the wrong word, and it's a, a very long wrong word. Uh, something you might see at Costco, for instance. It says shoplifters will be prostituted. No, not Ooh. prosecuted, prostituted. So uh, that's a bigger threat than prosecuted, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, that one is definitely... Uh... <laughs> yeah, it's getting a little funky and dirty there, baby. Yeah, it is. Speaking of uh, funky in this case... <laughs> there's a sign over a doorway. Of course, you've got the what looks like Chinese or Japanese characters, the international handicap sign, which is, you know, the blue sign with the stick figure in the wheelchair. But of course it has the translation below it, deformed man passage. <laughs> okay. 
Uh, I, I, yeah, it's the phone though, right? Uh, you know, it's just very missing. How dare you call no, somebody it's... handicapped, deformed man? What if they're yeah, a woman? Yeah, how dare you? You. No. <laughs> Uh, let's move on with words are hard. This one looks uh, either Taiwanese or uh, somewhere in that Malaysian area. Uh, the translation actually makes sense, but it, I don't think it's what they intended. It says, drive carefully. Now think about this. 90% of all people are caused by accidents. I think they mixed well, well, up accidents and people, but uh, they're not necessarily wrong. I was going to say, they're, they're, they're kind of right, you know. People, again, they just, you know, they do that thing, and, uh, and sometimes people happen. Uh, 90% seems a little high, but, uh, again, 90% of all people are caused by accidents. Not necessarily wrong. Let's keep moving on with words are hard. I don't know if I'd want to shop here. Again, it is a, um, in this case, it looks like Korean supermarket with the English translation. Very suspicious supermarket. All right. Oh, Walking around don't in go trench in that coats. One. You know, the scary glasses. one off the beaten path. <laughs> it's very suspicious. Uh, or it sells very suspicious food. And again, maybe that should have been the sign above 7-Eleven. When you had those taquitos. No. <laughs> those forever haunting taquitos. <laughs> All right. Let's keep moving on with words are hard. <laughs> you know, again, signs lost in translation. This person, it doesn't look, look like it was translated from another language, but I would want to avoid this park. It says, people are eating children in this area. Please leash up your dog and clean up after them. Thank you. People are eating children Whoa. in that area. I'm not taking my dog, that's for sure. No, yeah, that's very, oof, that's freaky. <laughs> All right, uh, more on words are hard. You know, they have those yellow uh, little sandwich board signs for when, uh, you know, somebody's mopping or cleaning. Obviously, they want to warn oh, yeah, everybody. Like caution, wet floor, something along those lines. Yeah. Yep. This one, the translation, execution in progress. I don't know Ooh. if I'd be walking through Bazinga. there. I would imagine they're cleaning up lots and lots of blood at the same time. Yeah. Ooh, that was definitely a mess up. No! <laughs> oh, and finally, in words are hard, signs that are lost in translation. You have a sign for like a boba restaurant, cute little picture of a, a boba um, drink. Top picture says, I'm bubble tea. Then the middle one has a couple of the boba balls in there. And then the third one, it's full, filled with the boba balls and a little dialogue bubble that pops up off the top of that that simply says suck my balls Ooh. and folks that does it for words are hard you know it is wednesday but when we come back we've got black history facts don't go anywhere those are some major superheroes while we uh celebrate black history month so folks we will see you in just a few
Get everything you need for the Christian Phoenix Radio Show over at phoenixmedia.us or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash phoenixmediaradio. Now back to the show. And we are back, folks, to the final segment of the first hour of the Christian Phoenix Radio Show on this Wednesday, February 3rd. But don't fret, there's still plenty ahead with our second hour including our call-in topic of unnecessary movie sequels. Now, if you missed a portion of the show or you want to go back and catch up on any of the previous shows, it's easy enough to do so. Head over to phoenixmedia.us, click on the show's link, scroll on down to the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. From there, you can get video, you can get audio as well, or head over to wherever you get podcasts, whether it's Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, Anchor Breaker, TuneIn, iHeart, about 20 and all. While you're there, be sure to subscribe. That way you always have the latest episode. Leave a review, let us know what you think, and tell your friends because sharing is caring. Now, speaking of both sharing and caring, you know, February is Black History Month. This is where we celebrate black pioneers and what they've given to not only this country, but the world as well. And so I wanted to take the opportunity to run through some black history facts that you may or may not know about and honor these, well, black superheroes. For instance, in 1951, Henrietta Lacks' cancer cells led to major discoveries in medical research. There was a novel, and later a movie starring Oprah Winfrey as Henrietta's daughter, called The Immortal Life of Henrietta Lacks, which explained how Henrietta's HeLa cells, H-E-L-A cells, have contributed to medical research. The tragedy is that her family didn't know about any of it until 1975. Scientists were making all these discoveries and making a profit from her cells while her own children were living in poverty. Luckily, it was discovered, and uh, hopefully the family was taken care of uh, after that fact. But uh, again, you know, one person that can contribute so much to medical research is so awesome. That is awesome. Um Especially when you think about the time frame of when they started uh, working on that, you know, we've made great advancements. Um, still don't have all the uh, answers for all that, but uh, great start. Exactly. Um, yeah. Hopefully, all the way back in the late sixties. Exactly. Hopefully, in our lifetime, we'll see a cure to cancer. But uh, in the meantime, oh, love that. You know, we're we're moving forward. Speaking of moving forward, with Black History facts, Dorothy Danridge was the first African-American to be nominated for an Academy Award for Best Actress. The singer and actress was acknowledged for her performance in the 1954 film Carmen Jones. I didn't know about that. I thought um, the woman who played the maid in Gone with the Wind was actually the first African-American to be nominated for an Academy Award. But uh, I think that might have been Best Supporting Actress. This is for Best Actress. So makes sense. Gotcha. And, uh, you know, it's great to see, you know, 1954 that... Uh, a pioneer like Dorothy Dandridge, uh, you know, was making a name in film. Moving on with black history facts. Speaking of uh, scientific discovery, the first successful open heart surgery was performed in 1893 by a black surgeon named Dr. Daniel Hale Williams. He also founded the first hospital that employed black healthcare workers. Uh, I don't know about you. I wouldn't want to get open heart surgery in 1893, but no. the fact that he pioneered <laughs> it is is just amazing. Yeah, I I couldn't imagine. Like you look back at that time, um, like people knew how to do that. They're like, okay, well we're gonna we're gonna cut you open. We're gonna play with it, fix it, and we're gonna patch you up, and you'll be good. Well, and anesthetic wasn't quite then what it is now. I mean, you hear about, uh, obviously, 
mid to late 1800s during the Civil War, if people had to have you know field operations, uh, limbs cut off, and what the agony that they went through in having basically no anesthetic. You know, they just had to bite down on a stick, and hopefully they didn't pass yeah. out. <laughs> yeah, you see the cringy stuff on Walking Dead and stuff. They're like, ah, like I know they're acting, but you can really think about that, and it's like, ugh. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of people who talk about this is the worst time in history. Look back a few hundred years. Uh, I would not want to live during those times. I'd much rather live now. But let's move on with black history facts. John Rock was the first African-American Supreme Court lawyer. He did so February 1st, 1865. Before this day, John Rock was a doctor, but was so ill that he had to give up practicing medicine and become a lawyer instead. What's mind-blowing is uh, we hear about Dred Scott versus Sanford, where black people were not considered American citizens, but you didn't need to be a citizen to practice law in the Supreme Court. It's sad this is not learned in school today, but uh, good on John Rock for being the first African-American Supreme Court lawyer. That's awesome. Um, Especially when he wanted to be a doctor but got so sick that he just couldn't do it. So he had to find a new career path and ended up being probably more successful there than maybe he would have been as a doctor. I mean, who knows if that, if he would have been, but uh, at least he had a good fallback career. (laughs) And it goes to show that, you know, if something doesn't work out, you can pivot, do something else. You know, luckily he didn't go into something lesser than a doctor. He became a lawyer. All right, uh, moving on with black history facts. Thelonious Monk was one of the greatest jazz composers. Thelonious, that's a name, man. Yeah, it is. And a strong leader in the jazz revolution. Uh, Apparently one of his big projects was Big Band and Quartet in Concert. Apparently you can find it online, but... uh, it's amazing what jazz has brought to modern music, um, you know, even rock music. You know, the first rock, Elvis, the Beatles, was derived from blues, which was derived from jazz. And uh, it's just interesting to watch the history of music and how much influence somebody like Thelonious Monk had on uh, even the hard rock that we listen to today. Right. That's awesome. Yeah. Let's keep moving on. Black History Facts in honor of Black History Month. I didn't know this. Betty Boop was based on a black woman. Betty Boop was inspired by the uh, black jazz singer Esther Jones, commonly known as Baby Esther in Harlem's Cotton Club. Her signature singing style was stolen by Helen Kane and adapted by the cartoonist Max Fleischer. Um, And even if you look at Betty Boop as a cartoon, uh, she looks more like an African-American than, um, you know, what you would expect, uh, you know, a turn-of-the-century jazz singer to uh, look like. And, of course, you know, she has that boop, boop, be doop I can't do it, but... uh, (laughs) That's if uh, Elmo was Betty Boop. Hello, everybody! It's Betty Boop Elmo! Let's keep rolling on with Black History Facts. Musa the first of Mali is considered Musa. the richest man in history. Um, somebody wrote, uh, students should learn more about the king of the Mali empire. It's been said that there's really no way to put an accurate number on his wealth, but I'm sure Jeff Bezos only wishes he had that kind of dough. Nice little callback to what you were talking about, uh, Jeff Bezos stepping down from Amazon. Uh, he truly is the current wealthiest person in the world. Yeah, there's... 
No one's got more money than that guy right now. <laughs> exactly. All right. Uh, let's keep talking about uh, black history facts with the superheroes of Black History Month. Katherine Johnson, Mary Jackson, and Dorothy Vaughn were the women behind the NASA space race. Bethrick85 says, I had no clue about all the black women behind the space race in the 1960s until I saw the movie Hidden Figures. Katherine Johnson, Mary Jackson, Dorothy Vaughn, and all the ladies who worked as the computers served as the brains being la- uh, behind launching John Glenn, the first successful American astronaut to orbit Earth. I'd love to learn about them in school. And again, you know, a lot of these aren't brought to light in school teachings, things along those lines. You have to find out from, you know, major Hollywood movies that are made years after the fact. Uh, but very inspiring and very cool. Um, I haven't seen the whole movie. I've seen bits and pieces, but uh, a great, uh, uh, great story nonetheless. Oh, absolutely. All right, let's keep moving on with Black History Facts. <laughs> Bayard Rustin was a was an openly gay civil rights activist. Bayard Rustin was a social rights Bayard activist Rustin. who helped install various organizations like the Southern Christian Leadership Conference with Martin Luther King Jr. and the 1947 Freedom Ride. He was the head of the 1963 March on Washington and helped fight for civil, social, and gay rights. And uh, I'm surprised there hasn't been a movie made about him yet. You know, it's uh, one of those stories that uh, you know you think somebody would pick up in Hollywood and, and really run with. Yeah, it's... Oh, I don't know. I got nothing for <laughs> I thought you were going somewhere I lost somewhere my train of thought. No, I was, and then my brain just went, oh, I just stopped. So I'm like, oh, never mind. All right, fair enough. Oh, no, you were saying, like, they should have uh, uh, made a movie by now. Yeah, it's definitely... You find all kinds of biopics. It's a, it'd probably be a good one to explore. Yeah, exactly. Especially right now. Tons of biopics coming out. Let's keep moving on with black history facts. <laughs> Henry Box Brown escaped to freedom at the age of 33. He shipped himself from Virginia to Philadelphia so that he could be, f- uh, so that he could be free. Uh, the, basically, he was so determined that you know he shipped himself uh, sort of in the mail and, and uh, obviously got out of the South where... Uh, you know, black folks and slaves were not free, made it to the north and became a free man. So, again, very inspiring. That one, maybe not due for a movie, but, uh, you know, a short story, a TV series, TV episode, whatever it may be. But uh, in any case, folks, that does it for our look at Black History Facts, honoring Black History Month. We are headed into our long break. When we come back, we have the interactive portion of the show. Unnecessary movie sequels is the topic. Enjoy the news. Take a potty break. Get some tea. We will be back in, well, about seven minutes. See you guys then. I'm about to do to you what Lip Biscuit did to music in the late 90s. Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. 
Wednesday, February 3rd. We are your daily dose of laughs and levity in a crazy, crazy world. Still joined by my co-host, Tony Sanfilippo. Tony, were you able to get some tea or zip fizz uh, during the break? Yep, got my tea, got zip fizz, haven't drank it yet, but got it right here. So, ready to go for hour two, man. Oh, the fastest hour of the day. It truly is. Well, folks, this is the interactive portion of the show where we want to hear from you guys, the listeners and watchers on the topic of the day, which is why we give you the topic 24 hours in advance. So you can always call in on the Phoenix line at 855-PHOENIX-RADIO. That's 855-F-E-N-I-X-R-D-O. Or you can always comment on our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash Christian Phoenix Radio. Just click into the live video portion and comment there. Today's topic is unnecessary movie sequels. Basically, bad sequels to a good movie. You love the original. They made a sequel. Either they changed the stars, they changed the director, they changed the writer, and it just was bad. Or it could have been all of the same people, and it just didn't turn out as well as it needed to be. That's what we want to hear from you on. Now, Tony, uh, I have a feeling I know what your pick is, but uh, why don't you go ahead and tell us uh, what is an unnecessarily bad movie sequel? Well, you know, I had so many, but then I had so many people chime in that they said the same thing. So I'm going to actually let them have those ones. Okay. And I will save it because I think you know where I was going to go, but I'll let them have that. And so I started thinking during the break, what other movies were really bad? And you know which one came to mind? It's not, I've only watched it one time, but it was so terrible, which was uh, Dumb and Dumberer. Which was the first sequel? Well, it was the it was prequel. a prequel, exactly. Yeah, and I don't know if that counts as a sequel, but it was just god awful because you had two people trying to be Jim Carrey and Jeff Daniels, and it just didn't work. It was them in school, and the guy that played—I uh, don't know his name. I know he's in uh, Eric Christian uh, Olsen. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I'm glad you knew. I figured you would know. <laughs> He, he did a good job. Like, he looked like Jim Carrey, like a young Jim Carrey, but, oh, man, it was... No bueno. And to be yeah. fair, I mean, Dumb and Dumber 2, which was the true sequel starring Jeff Daniels and Jim Carrey, wasn't great. I mean, it had some funny no. moments, but uh, definitely didn't live up to the I first gonna one. I was going to use that one. That was something that was uh, someone chimed in, so yeah, I didn't use that yeah. one because of that. That was another one. That was like a backup to my other and then... My backup to that one, somebody else said. So, uh, you know, and I agree with it because so I had to really start thinking like there's a lot of bad ones. And I have no doubt in my mind we'll cover some lists that will oh. have a bunch, which we can butcher apart at the same time. I have a massive list to help fill time. but um, I bet you have a massive list. My pick is something... <laughs> Something more recent, something we've talked about, uh, sort of ad nauseum, something we were really looking forward to. I'm talking Bill and Ted Face the Music. Um, Ooh, yeah, I didn't think about that. Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, great movie. Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, almost as good as Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. 
And then 20 years pass, and they do Bill and Ted Face the Music, which brings back Alex Winter, brings back Keanu Reeves, brings back the writer Ed Solomon. You would expect it to be just a fantastic film along the lines of the first two, and it was just god-awful. It was not good. Uh, I suffered through the entire movie, and even Jesse throughout the whole time was saying, should we turn it off? Should, should we just turn it off? And I was, no, no, it's got to get better. It, it has to get better. Guess what? It didn't get better. <laughs> no, no. That was a good one. I actually thought you were going to say Wonder Woman 84. That's why I didn't say that one either. <laughs> That's... We didn't discuss. Wonder Woman 84 was a terrible sequel as well. Yeah. And again, that was one where they brought back the stars. They brought back the director. For all intents and purposes, it should have been a fantastic film along the lines of the first one, and it really missed the mark. I mean, in so many ways, um, Pedro Pascal was just over the top. Um, you know, uh, Kristen Wiig, who played Cheetah, you saw her as Cheetah for maybe five minutes total. Um, and it, it didn't need to take place in the 80s, other than the fact there was the scene in the mall during the 80s, and that was really the only callback to the 80s. It, otherwise, it, it it was cheesy. It was, you know. Oof, yeah. It was a bad sequel. All in all, just bad sequel. not great. Not great at all. So that's what we're talking about, folks. We are talking about unnecessary movie sequels, bad sequels to great movies. Go ahead and chime in now on our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash Christian Phoenix Radio. Just click into the live video, comment there. And when we come back, it is all about you guys and your picks for the worst movie sequels. Don't go anywhere. We will be right back. Get everything you need for the Christian Phoenix Radio Show over at phoenixmedia.us or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash phoenixmediaradio. Now back to the show. And we are back, folks. This is the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. It is Wednesday, February 3rd. We are smack dab in the middle of the interactive portion of the show where we want to hear from you guys, the listeners and watchers, about our topic of the day. Simply head over to facebook.com forward slash Christian Phoenix Radio. Click on the live video there and comment in. Today's topic is unnecessary movie sequels, basically bad sequels to great movies. We gave a couple picks during the last segment. Uh, Tony mentioned Dumb and Dumber. Uh, my pick was Bill and Ted Face the Music. And of course, we talked about Wonder Woman 1984. Now, Tony, I know you've had a number of people chime in on this subject. If you wouldn't mind uh, sharing what their picks are for unnecessary movie sequels. Yeah, this uh, the first uh, one we got is um, from, uh, of course, super fans Mike and Lacey. Um, Lacey's is Anchorman 2, which was going to be the one I said. Uh, just th- this was the whole start of comedy. Certain comedies just don't need sequels like one is it tells the story it was what it was it just leave it alone uh when you go back to try to you know milk the cow again and see if you get the same success um this was a good case in point of why not to do sequels it didn't ha- it had the same cast same director same writers so it seemed like a slam dunk uh but it fell flat Ooh, yeah it was, it was not great and uh I think what they did was, you know, they they figured out that in the first movie that some of the improvised scenes were some of the funnier ones. 
So I think what they did with Anchorman 2 is let him essentially just improvise the entire movie. They even came out with two different cuts of the movie that had totally different jokes in it. And uh, I, I just don't think it worked out well. No. Bad movie. Yep. Bad one. Whoa. <laughs> um, Mike chimed in and said uh, Dumb and Dumber, the second, was Dumb really and Dumber 2, yeah. Yeah, which and that was the actual sequel where they brought back Jim Carrey and Jeff Daniels. And the problem with that is two things. You've got the original cast. You have the original directors and writers. So, again, looks good on paper. But this is one of those, like, Bill and Ted face the music. Yeah. You waited way too long to do that. Like, if you were going to do a Dumb and Dumber sequel, you should have done it back in the 90s. And you probably would have gotten better results. But uh, even that would have been pushing it. It's one of those movies that just doesn't call for a sequel. Like, you don't need to know where Harry and Lloyd are at this point. Like, (laughs) they're just two idiots that have it. It's just going to be the same thing all the time and i think part of the problem is that uh you know that style of humor was great during the 90s but humor in movies has evolved since then and it just doesn't work well in a more modern setting uh same with bill and ted face the music yeah they couldn't there's certain words that they would say back then that was socially acceptable versus now it's not exactly um Ryan Regan uh, chimes in on our Facebook page. Independence Day 2 Resurgence. That was going to be one. That was like the third, my third pick. So it's kind of nice because I agree 100% on these picks. Uh, but I was super excited for Independence Day. But I had a feeling it was doomed when I knew Will Smith was not coming back. Um, and then what was worse is they mentioned him and they killed him off really fast right (laughs) like he's this big hero but then they just oh he just died yeah they just sort of wash over it and then uh from there it was just a cg effects uh, failure for lack of a better term yeah so lazy they went back to the salt flats and salt lake to have the final showdown again it's just like uh okay pretty terrible uh, but it was a it was a bad movie i really wanted to like it but it was it was bad <laughs> um even bringing back a couple of originals didn't help nope. and then i had bill Teeman. he chimed in caddyshack 2 yeah yep. just terrible low budget uh, no sequel. no bill murray no that yeah. was the thing what chevy chase was the only one that came back from the original yeah yeah. yeah, not a not a great sequel, but uh, Caddyshack one, fantastic! It is a classic. Oh, fantastic! Well, and that was R rated, right? And part it was. two is PG. Yeah, yep. that'll doom you too if you come back and you're a PG movie for an, when you're originally R. Yeah, it's gonna hurt. <laughs> um, on our Facebook page, we had a couple other people chime in. Uh, Ryan Williams said Joe Dirt two. Uh, I agree that it's a terrible sequel, but at the same time, was Joe Dirt one all that great? <laughs> I don't I like, remember. I like Joe. I like Joe Dirt. It was a. It was worth a watch. There's some quotable stuff in there. I don't Dang. remember it too well. So uh, yeah, you know, But uh, it may be a classic to some people, and obviously the sequel doesn't quite pan out. We also had D. McDuffie say, uh, "Little D. Fockers." McDuffie. Although Star Studded just wasn't funny. I forgot that that movie even existed. Obviously, there oh, was, was meet, bad. meet the Parents. Meet the Fockers, which was not as good as Meet the Parents, and then Little Fockers, which was just terrible. Ooh, just downright bad. It was bad. bad, yeah. When you start getting into like the third movies and stuff, um, I know I, I, we could go on and on because I keep thinking of one. You know, another one I thought about, it 
Zoolander 2. Yes. Why? They waited way too long on that. And when they came out, it was awful. And the first Zoolander is fantastic. I mean, for comedy, it's it's a stupid movie. But right. It, it's hilarious. It'd be like, uh, like today coming out with, uh, let's say... Uh, let's come out with Idiocracy 2, like you, or Office Space 2. You don't... No, no. Don't, don't need it. Yeah, don't touch those. One was enough. The other thing about that is, not only are they just not funny, but if there is a sequel that exists that you plain and simply forget about, chances are it wasn't that great. I, mm-hmm. I totally forgot Zoolander 2 was even a thing until you mentioned it. Oh, it's bad. Uh, Super Troopers, too. There's another one. There's you took a classic one. movie, made a sequel, and it sucked. <laughs> Pretty bad. And, of course, you know, to uh, help fill in time, I've got a huge list. The, the list. That's that's what I was waiting for, so we could butcher some other movies we may have forgotten about. And this one is actually compiled by Rotten Tomatoes, so it even has the tomometer, tomometer whatever it is, the scoring for it. Uh, for instance, Teen Wolf 2. Nope. Has seven oh, yeah, percent. That's the Jason Bateman one. Exactly. You know, Michael J. Fox, first Teen Wolf is a classic. Then they brought in Jason Bateman, which just didn't land. It was it was pretty terrible. The next one here on the list is uh, again trying to reboot a franchise, a, a classic franchise. The first three movies were fantastic. The next Karate Kid. Oh hell no. No, nah, it was the Hillary Swank one. Like, sure, they brought back Pat Morita, but once you lose Daniel's son, no good. No, and the first ones were so good. Um, classic, uh, and again, just, just not necessary. Um, the only thing I would say was worse than this was the reboot with uh, um, Jaden Smith and Jackie Chan. That was oh, pretty terrible. Yeah. Yeah, we'll have to do we'll have to do a segment down the line. Uh, worst reboots. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I, I know which one we're gonna go with for the top worst reboot, but kids these days. Ah, oh, moving on uh, with terrible, unnecessary sequels. What about Van Wilder: The Rise of Taj? You know, Van Wilder oh, was our. I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, that was Cal Penn as the uh, as the star. There was no Ryan Reynolds, no Tara Reid. Oof. No, and you know. Van Wilder, I never watched it, but it just looked bad. Van Wilder is what made Ryan Reynolds' career to start with before he killed it uh, during Green Lantern. But, uh, you know, you get that that wit of Ryan Reynolds, that comedy. Not a need for a second one. Just, just not no. great. <laughs> uh, folks, we Oof. still have about three and a half minutes left, so you are more than welcome to chime in, chime in on our Facebook page. At chime Facebook. in, chime in. At facebook.com forward slash Christian Phoenix Radio. We are talking about unnecessary movie sequels. For instance, uh, a lot of horror sequels are pretty bad as well, including I Still Know What You Did Last Summer. Nope. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I still I still am going to follow. You know what's funny? is I forgot what they even did. Oh, yeah, never mind. They, they did a hit and run on a fisherman. Exactly. But you had yeah, okay, uh, Sarah yeah. Michelle Gellar, Ryan Phillippe, Jennifer Love Hewitt, Freddie Prince Jr., it, it played out well once. Obviously, it was in sort of the wake of Scream, but going with a second one, just not good. No, terrible. Just leave it alone. Terrible sequel, yeah. I do remember seeing it. No good. <laughs> uh, talking about unnecessary movie sequels, we were talking Jim Carrey a little bit earlier in Dumb and Dumber and Dumb and Dumber 2. What about Son of the Mask? Oh, oh hell Jamie. no! Ooh. Jamie Kennedy was the star of that one. <laughs> Ugh. 
oh, it, it was one of those movies that would have been better off straight to home video, straight to DVD, but they actually released it in theaters and it was just so, so bad. Yeah, the first mask was fantastic. Like, Jamie Kennedy tried to be like Jim Carrey, and that's the problem. He tried to be, I get it, he's supposed to be the son. Or no, he wasn't even the son. It no. was the little kid that got the mask on, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah okay. It was just like he was other some schlub that found the mask that came across it. <laughs> Ugh, garbage movie. I forgot all about it. Yep. And as I mentioned, you know, you, you forget about them, and that usually means that they're pretty terrible. Uh, let's keep uh, moving on with unnecessary movie sequels. What about Basic Instinct 2? Nope. Yeah. No, I don't think you need it. It's just more Sharon Stone. Like the first Basic Instinct, the only thing I remember about it was the infamous leg crotch scene that's all i remember well not only that but basic instinct 2 was made in 2006 first one was what 1987 1988 again they waited a little too long for essentially well the same story yeah no thanks (laughs) this next one tony i know is one of your favorite uh, movie at least the original was one of your favorite movies curious to see what you think about the sequel major league 2 Oh, I hell no. I loved Major League 2. I disagree with that. I I thought the sequel was fantastic. I enjoyed the sequel as well. It wasn't as good as now, the first one. If you go with the third one, Back to the Miners, that one was crap. And that the, was the th- that one they took the B-list stars of the second one and they got to be the headline. I think Pedro Serrano, like you expect me to Dennis Haysberth, who mm-hmm. had been the major star, you know, of of the Indians for one and two, and then you demote him down to the minor leagues, and it had Scott Bakula as the coach. It it was terrible. That one was bad. <laughs> but part two was fantastic. Even they even survived. Like they had to recast Willie Mays Hayes. It wasn't Wesley Snipes. It was Omar Epps. In That's the second right. One. I forgot about that. Yeah. I love that movie. I'll stay. I don't agree with that one. Now, here's a sequel to a movie that you loved that was terrible to begin with. Paul Blart, Mall Cop 2. Right, Tone? Nope. <laughs> Barf. I, I, I will never, ever watch the sequel. I couldn't even finish the first. Hate, <laughs> hate Paul Blart. Hate him. Oh, and then finally talking about unnecessary movie sequels. Probably one of the worst of all time. In fact, it has a 0% on Rotten Tomatoes. Follow-up to an epic, epic movie. Jaws the Revenge. Oh, hell no! I like Jaws the Revenge as a kid, but when you think of terms of sequels, it's really bad, especially at the end with the showdown uh, where uh, the the shark is chasing them and it's making these loud monster noises. It's like... <laughs> Every time it came out of the water, it was growling, and I'm like, what the hell? So weird. Like, so had terrible. Mario Van Peebles in it. Yep. <laughs> Well, folks, Hello, Jake Mon, Jake Mon, what are you doing? <laughs> that does it for unnecessary movie sequels. When we come back, we've got our segment, More Blockbuster Secrets. Speaking of movies, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Get everything you need for the Christian Phoenix Radio Show over at phoenixmedia.us or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash phoenixmediaradio. Now back to the show. 
And we are back. This is the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. It is Wednesday, February 3rd. We talk about it a couple times each show. It is the Phoenix Line, our 24-hour-a-day, seven-day-a-week voicemail line, giving you guys the opportunity to chime in on anything whatsoever, including our call-in topics of the day. Tomorrow's topic is hidden features of everyday things. What have you discovered about some everyday thing that... Uh, you know, does something that uh, you didn't know it does. It's sort of a real-life transformer of sorts. We want to hear about it from you guys at 855-PHOENIX-RADIO. That's 855-F-E-N-I-X-R-D-O or 855-336-4973 for the alpha numerically impaired. All we ask is that you keep it entertaining. We will compile those together, put them out in a future show. Now, in this segment, we wanted to revisit a topic we talked about uh, about a month, month and a half ago, Blockbuster Secrets. We're talking Blockbuster Video. Tony and I both worked for uh, Hollywood Video, which was a Blockbuster rival um, back when we were in high school. And so uh, you know, a lot of these things that these people are talking about um, really sort of hit home with us and obviously give us a little bit of nostalgia into the good old Blockbuster days. So figured we'd revisit You've that. Got mail. Run down some <laughs> of the uh, other things that uh, are eh, quote-unquote secrets that uh, former Blockbuster employees are, uh, well, handing out. So let's start off with the first one. <laughs> This from Kinky Wench Forty One says we would hide. Kinky Wench. We would hide the new movies so our friends would be able to find them, and the amount of VHS tapes that we would take home to watch without checking them out was amazing. I think I probably still have about twenty of them. Did you hide movies for friends, Tony? Um, oh yeah, uh, definitely. Like if uh, people were like, "Hey, whatever the latest release was," I'd be like, "Yeah, I'll I'll get it for you," and then. You know, there was sometimes like where the manager would be like, well, you can't can't hide them. So then you just go put it behind another movie. Or if you were a kid, like before I ever worked in a movie store, you know, like I would hide it. And then once I could go talk to my mom or, you know, to, if we could go rent it. Then we could go back, and at least it was hidden somewhere. Exactly. I'd do the same thing. You know, if I'd go rent a movie, but I could only rent one or two, and there was a third one that I really wanted, I would take and go hide it between a movie that I know nobody would check out. Yeah, and I would even get sly. Like at Video Maniacs, the brand-new releases were in blue cases, and then the older ones were in the white cases. So then what you do is just real quick swap the VHS, you know? Um, but that also kind of sucked, though, because, like, it, you know, people did do that working there, and then you'd go to check it out, and it's not like you'd verify what they're renting. You're not like, uh, baby's day out, I hope you enjoy the movie, uh, <laughs> when they're thinking they're getting a Titanic or something, right? Because right. somebody swapped the tape, um, and sometimes people are like, well, I didn't want to rent this, but the barcode links it to that movie, so, you know, sometimes they don't check. They think they just get it behind the box that it's in. So yeah, yeah. we, on the, being on the other side of that, that was kind of annoying if you uh, <laughs> came across it. So. It definitely was. Let's keep moving on with more Blockbuster Secrets. This one from Jennifer Lee Diffendale says people would, Diffin! people would steal constantly. They would line large shopping bags with foil to try and get past the sensors. Sometimes it would work, sometimes it wouldn't, but we were always uh, told to let the people leave if they kept walking. It probably wasn't worth the company getting sued for our injuries if we got hurt. I don't recall many people stealing, uh, at least not no. until we did the switch over from VHS to 
DVD. Then DVD, people tried right. walking out with the VHSs. We didn't. I didn't see too much of it at Video Maniacs, except for the one in Reno when I worked. Uh, when it came back after Hollywood, it bought them out. They they brought it back just small, and they did one in uh, downtown Reno. And I took it as a side job because I loved Video Maniacs and. When we go unnecessary sequels, I don't think me going back to what I thought was great, going back to it wasn't as great the second time around. It didn't have the same feel. In fact, I got robbed by an old woman. She just kept asking, <laughs> oh, what's this game? Oh, the, uh, my grandson will like this game. She literally stacked four games in like two movies. And she's like, cool, this is the – I go, yep, I'll get you right at the counter. So I go behind the counter, man, and she just bolts out the door and there's a car with – no license plate waiting for her. Hit the gas, Jimmy! In the car. <laughs> Gone. Taken by a little old lady, Tony. Yeah. <laughs> I never even saw it coming. <laughs> oh, let's keep moving on with more blockbuster secrets. Marianne Winslow says... We kept we not yeah not uh, family matters. <laughs> Can I do that? We kept notes on every customer's account. You'd give us your card, and there was your rental history and things we'd type about your visit if necessary. So if you came in begging to have a late fee drop, we'd have notes on how many times you we'd done that for you before, what excuse you used, and your demeanor. If you didn't do it too often, we were polite about it. We would usually help you out. But uh, yeah, I remember there were little notes. And you'd even note, uh, you know, if, uh, it was high school days. If a girl was cute, oh, you, yeah. you'd put a little something in there for your coworkers. Yep. Uh, I used to wipe uh, Anna and uh, – you remember the twins that were like a grade lower, Anna yep. and Ketty? I used, to, I used to wipe their uh, late fees all the time. We're still friends today. You can follow them on uh, Instagram actually now. Very the cool. Fit twins of Insta. They still do that. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I used to, if they ever become very popular and big, which they have a good following, I used to wipe their late fees for them. Look at you. Helping them out Claim before they Claim to fame, baby. <laughs> all right. Let's keep talking more Blockbuster secrets. <laughs> yes, we're talking Blockbuster video. Another very original username, Don W forty two C B nine B B eight E D. C B dooby dooby doo. Sounds like a uh, Star Wars droid. Yeah, that be boop be boop. In any case, Don says, I swear, every single week someone would rent the straight to DVD movie Gangsta's Paradise, and we'd gently ask them if they were actually looking for Dangerous Minds with Michelle Pfeiffer. Nope, they were always adamant that they wanted Gangsta's Paradise. Every single time they would come back the same night and scream at us that we gave them the wrong film. No, that film you wanted was Dangerous Minds. And we told you that. Yeah, we tried to warn you. I don't remember that. But there, but that's the trickery of the B-movies, you know. But I don't remember seeing that, uh, us carrying that one. I remember having Dangerous Minds, but not well, and Gangster's I'll... Paradise. But in all fairness... That movie came out way before I was even really old enough to work in a video store. So Right. Well, and not only that, but uh, there are these, as you mentioned, B-list, even Z-list studios that try to pass off movies as new releases, especially with animated movies you'd see like Frozen Princess. Yeah. Obviously, somebody looking for Frozen. MI5. <laughs> not so much the case. So, uh, yeah. Uh, always check what you're renting of course now we don't have to worry about it so <laughs> no no that's a thing of the past but back then yeah people used to get 
ticked all the time. Or if the movie sucked, they always wanted a refund. It's like, we, we didn't make the movie. Right. You rented it. It's a 50-50 chance. It's either going to be good or it's going to be bad. Yeah. Or I guess I guess more like you got three options. It's either going to be really good, going to be okay, or going to be really bad. <laughs> Exactly. All right, let's keep talking more blockbuster secrets. Tony, I know you experienced this at Video Maniacs. Cynthia Nada says, I used to work at a local neighborhood video store that did have a porn section, and I was always asked to clean the area. There was a lot of crusty stuff in there, and would also be asked by the regulars if we had their quote-unquote favorite selections. Yeah. Working in, uh, that was the only thing I hated about the video store was the adult room. A lot of sickos, man. A lot of weirdos would come in there. Um, not at the Video Maniacs I worked at, but the one down in South Carson uh, that they caught a guy, um, Roger Rogering, in the room, if <laughs> P- you know what I mean. Pee-wee Hermanine. <laughs> yeah, and... I remember we had a girl. She actually got fired because she confronted a, a gross uh, customer that returned a movie, and there was some uh, greasy fingerprints on it, and there was some fun stuff still mm. in there. And she said that he was effing disgusting, and that was the end of her job. But uh, <laughs> she wasn't wrong. She wasn't wrong. Like the thing was like. I don't think sanitizing wipes or any of that stuff was a thing back then. It was no, no, it wasn't. Movies, movies were so germy. There was always goopy hands on those. Yeah, and even kid movies had, you know, like their food. So there's like there was always food stuff on the kid movies. Exactly. Quite, quite an extreme difference from the kid to the adult genre. <laughs> and that came to that. Finally, in more blockbuster secrets. <laughs> Oh, I wouldn't want to have had been a Blockbuster employee during this point in time. This from user Indie Kitty says, when I worked at Indie Blo- Kitty! <laughs> when I worked at Blockbuster in the late 2000s, we had to convince people to sign up for Blockbuster online because compared to that new Netflix company, it had a larger movie catalog and was cheaper. Of course, it ended up being the downfall of Blockbuster. Ne- oh, dude, I remember them trying to sign me up at the, the one in Thornton. Yeah, yeah. It, Big old lady named Cat. It's a great deal. Too, yeah, I doubt that cat. Too little, too late for Blockbuster. Netflix reigns supreme at this point. But folks, that does it for more Blockbuster secrets. When we come back, we're headed into the final segment of the show, and it is time for this day in history. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Get everything you need for the Christian Phoenix Radio Show over at phoenixmedia.us or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash phoenixmediaradio. Now back to the show. Well, folks, we made it to the final segment of the Christian Phoenix Radio Show on this Wednesday, February 3rd. But not before we close out the show with This Day in History. Now, if you missed a portion of the show or you want to go back and catch up on any of the previous shows, you can do so. Head over to phoenixmedia.us, click on the show's link, scroll on down to the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. From there, you can get video, you can get audio as well, or head over to wherever you get podcasts. Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, Anchor Breaker, TuneIn, iHeart, Doozer, Dozer, Geezer, Gozer. Are you a god? How about no? <laughs> do 
doomed us all. While you're there, be sure to subscribe. That way you always have the latest episode. Leave a review. Let us know what you think and tell your friends. Because why, Tony? Sharing is caring. Sharing is caring, which is why, final segment of each show, we drop a little knowledge on you, hopefully make you laugh at the same time. It is time for this day in history. Reversing the globe for the stories that turn the world on its head. It's this day in history with your correspondent on the beat. Christian Phoenix. All right, uh, kicking off this day in history, this day in 1451, Sultan Mehmed II, the conqueror, inherits the throne of the Ottoman Empire. Of course, in this picture, he looks like he's wearing an Ottoman on his head. You know, the kind he of you does. He looks like on. a big papasan. Yeah. <laughs> my name is Mehmed the Conqueror. Look at the big diaper on my head. It's like an Ottoman. You know what it looks like? It looks like this big old beanbag back here. It does a little bit. Love sack, yeah. And that's one of the small ones. I mean, you see uh, some of these people from the Ottoman Empire, and they're massive. They're just huge headdresses. Yeah. All right, let's move on. This day in 1863. This one hits a little close to home here. Samuel Clemens first uses the pen name Mark Twain in a Virginia City newspaper, the Territorial Enterprise, Virginia City, about a 30-minute drive due south east from here yeah Um, if you go to northern nevada you gotta go to virginia city very cool historic town uh i like how it still has that old town feel i don't know how people live there but it is very cool to live i mean uh, visit yeah there's not a lot of people that live there but it is sort of that old west i mean you step into the old west in fact they do um wild west shows and gunfights and and all sorts of things that uh you know Bring you back to the Old West. A lot of fun. Uh, the mine tours are also well worth a visit. Let's oh, move absolutely. on. This day in 18... 18- Mark Twain looks crotchety, by the way. Oh, he always did. Get off my damn lawn, you old whippersnappers! <laughs> this, <laughs> this day in 1882, circus owner P.T. Barnum buys his world-famous elephant, Jumbo. Good luck finding any elephants in any circus these days, obviously, for animal rights. Uh, circuses now are basically just acrobats and clowns. Yeah, it's uh, it's crazy. Like, I wonder if that's where Dumbo came from. This is my elephant, Jumbo! The cream of the crop! I'd imagine. Uh, too close of a name not to be somewhat associated. Yeah. Let's move on this day in 1917. The U.S. liner... How- Housatonic. Yeah, I think okay. he did that good. Housatonic is sunk by German submarine on the same day that U.S. President Woodrow Wilson breaks off diplomatic relations with Germany. At least it didn't lead to like a world war or any. Oh, wait. It did. It did. <laughs> oh, we sunk your battleship. Oh, and we're done. I just dumped you. Do you like, <laughs> do you like that? I just told you. Goodbye. I'm done with you. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> This day, 1931, New Zealand's worst natural disaster, the Hawke's Bay earthquake, kills 256 and injures thousands, devastating Napier and the Hawke's Bay region. doesn't say where it scored on the Richter scale or even if, you know, Richter uh, measurements were, were taken at that point in time. Don't know. Don't know. I actually uh, lived through the Northridge earthquake, which I want to say was a 7.1, 7.3 of course, you know, buildings were uh, much more up to code, much safer, only minor damage. Only minor. All right, let's keep moving on. We mentioned this guy yesterday, this day in 1959. Well, yesterday was his last performance because the day the music died, plane crash kills musicians, Buddy Holly, Richie Valens, J.P. Richardson, and the pilot near Clear Lake, Iowa. 
Um, again, a sad day for music and music history, but uh, you know, it's it's what makes them infamous at this point. It does, and and that was what Lacey chimed in yesterday and said the day the music died. And you said any day we'll probably talk about it. And here you go, and there's a picture of uh, Buddy Holly, aka Finn Wolfhard. Exactly. <laughs> a really good version of that. This day in 1960, La Dolce Vita, directed by Frederic, sorry, Federico Fellini and starring Marcello Fellini. Mastriani and Anita Ekberg has its film premiere in Italy. Being somebody who went to film school, you always referred to those artsy-fartsy movies as Fellini pictures for this exact reason. He was uh, oh, a little sense. bit on the artsy-fartsy side. Anita Ekberg looks like she was she was a smoker back then. Yeah. Smoke, like smoking good looking for her, for her time. <laughs> La Dolce Vita by Federico Fellini. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this day in 1962, U.S. President John F. Kennedy bans all trade with Cuba except for food and drugs. And apparently cars at the same point. If you ever uh, see Cuba these days, it's filled with cars from the 1950s and 60s. Cuba. Cuba. Great Cuba, cigars, too. Which is, they all kind of live in Florida now, to Cuba. Exactly. Moving on, uh, this in music history, this day, 1967, Purple Haze, recorded by Jimi Hendrix, probably his biggest hit of all time. I wonder what he oh, could yeah. have been singing about. Purple Haze, don't see my blood. I wonder where that Purple Haze is coming from, if you know what I mean. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> oh, here's one uh, in sports history. This day in 1980, Larry Holmes knocks out Lorenzo Holmes in six for heavyweight boxing title. That would have been a confusing bout to commentate. Right there, Holmes takes a take attention to the chunks. He Holmes is down for the count, and Holmes is still standing. <laughs> Holmes it's lands Holmes a good one on Holmes for the championship. <laughs> oh, that would have been a fun one to watch. Let's move on. This day in 1990, Daryl Strawberry voluntary voluntarily enters smither center for alcohol rehabilitation Daryl, i don't know if he Darryl. needed to go in for alcohol rehabilitation cocaine rehabilitation would yeah, have been more say, like it. he was a cokehead man <laughs> big time cokehead yeah, uh, maybe the uh the, the treatment is the same for alcohol and cocaine he's a uh, hell of a good player he did have demons though but he's he a did. hell of a good baseball player that he did this day in 1993, another dark time in American history, the federal trial of four police officers charged with the civil rights violations in videotaped beating of Rodney King begins in Los Angeles. Obviously, it leads to the Rodney King riots, and I lived in Los Angeles during that time as well. When the riots broke out, we were supposed to take a field trip into the heart of L.A. Needless to say, that field trip didn't happen. Did not happen, no. Yikes. So I remember much. that happening, too, as a kid. Yikes. <laughs> Let's keep moving on this day in 1998. Boy, it's more stamp talk here on the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. Stamp talk. Stamps commemorating Diana, Princess of Wales, go on sale in Britain. Obviously, this followed her tragic car crash because, as we have found out, stamps cannot be made of someone until they are dead. And sadly, Princess Diana died in the early, well, in the late, late 90s, 80s, right? Late but 80s, actually. Early did she 90s? die in the 80s? No. I thought it was late 90s because she died in that car wreck. I think it was late 90s because I was at Andrew Nixon's house when it happened. Folks, feel free to uh, fact check us on that because. Uh... <laughs> Friday's not listening today, so she can't chime How in. dare she? 
All right. And then finally, in this day in history, ooh, which one do I want to do? Well, did he do it on the same day? Uh, he might have. This day in 2008, Super Bowl, let's see, XL2, that would have been, what, uh, 20, 20, oh boy, or is my, that 47? 47? 20, no. 27? I don't know. XLII at the University of Phoenix Stadium in Glendale, Arizona, the New York Giants beat the New England Patriots 17-14. to 14. Eli Manning is the MVP. Uh, Eli Manning, to me, was always more lucky than skillful, and that was the famous uh, head catch as well, right? Yeah, we were at Hooters uh, down in Colorado, uh, in Denver, off Colorado and I-25, watching that one. (laughs) Uh, Fun one. Don't like the Giants. Don't like Eli Manning. But uh, you know what? They won. They beat Tom Brady. Always happy to see that. But uh, before we close out the day, let's run down some of today's holidays. Where we talk about the different things that well, people are celebrating. For instance, today Celebrate. is American Painters Day. I would assume it's art painting, not house painting. Today is Doggy Date Day. Uh, just hope that that doesn't end up the same way that uh, a normal date would. Today's Elmo's birthday, Tony. Oh, come on, everybody! <laughs> it That's is my birthday. It is Four Chaplains on, Mo- Memorial Day. Whatever that means. National Girls and Women in Sports Day. It is National Carrot Cake Day. I don't like carrots, but I like carrot cake. It is I do too. National Cordova Ice Worm Day. Mm-hmm. Again, whatever that means. International Golden Retriever Day. National Wedding Ring Day. It is National Signing Day. That's a big one for football. National Ooh. Patient Recognition Day. National Missing Persons Day. World Read Aloud Day. Because if you can't read to yourself... Well, read aloud, I guess. It is Take a Cruise Day, The Day the Music Died Day, and, of course, National Women Physicians Day. Folks, that does it for our Wednesday episode of the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. We will be back tomorrow on a Thursday with, well, exploring America's penis and the strange things that happen down there. Yes, we're talking Florida man. Enjoy your Wednesday, folks. We will see you all tomorrow. Peace!